Welcome, everybody, to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. I'm Pete Wright. That there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Professor Pete. Mm-hmm. Okay. I won't do report, that anymore. Report this, for class. Yes. This is, this is, I, this is, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about, um, and I think this is the, our, our last, officially, our last uh, uh, back to school episode, right? So it will be the last time that I call you Professor Pete. I'm actually, I've actually made that a stipulation of our relationship that you now only call me Professor Pete. So, Trump. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, technology uh, a little bit more specifically uh, about technology, and and you know I'm I I don't think we're not going to get too much into the specific uh, apps and things for for you know devices, but I want to give you some things to think about uh, because so many of the choices are are really are yours. And in the show notes over on the website, I will go ahead and and put some more direct links uh, to specific apps if you want to if you want to do that. So just head over to takecontroladhd.com and and you'll be able to find the show notes for this episode and and get some links that'll work for you. Um, But I want to talk to you about just what I need you to think about when you are in class, right? And the first thing, the first and most important thing that will define your success is, is data collection. How good and how fast are you at taking notes, right? Whether you're in a lecture, whether you're watching an online seminar, whatever it is, how good are you at taking notes? This is really, really important. And it, it probably is the number one defining, uh, uh, defining question around uh, the technology that you will need uh, at school is how good are you at, at, at taking notes? Uh, obviously, a keyboard is a great tool for taking notes. Uh, are you a fast typist? If you're a fast typist, then you need a keyboard somehow or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about a stylus? A lot of people are going to school with just iPads and, uh, or, or you know, tablets. Can you write on these things? Can you type as quickly on them as you can uh, on, a, on a regular keyboard or a laptop keyboard? Do you want to carry a keyboard case for your iPad? That can, those are the kinds of questions that come to play you know, when you're thinking about bringing a tablet as your as your data collection device. Uh, and finally, the trusted, and I know you'll be surprised when I say this, the pen and paper uh, approach to this. It seems arcane these days that you would bring a pen and paper to class. Uh, but, you know, it just may be that you're a super fast writer and you can read your own writing. And that'll, there are lots of, of tools that we can, we can talk about that'll uh, help you digitize your work. And we'll talk about those in a minute. Now, I have a question for you. Sure. Or actually, yeah, I guess it's a question. I know that now back in the day, and I'm not even going to tell you when, it was a long time ago when I was in college, I noticed that the first year, well, for at least the first term for sure, I was taking too many notes. And so it was actually not helping me because I was missing half of the lecture because I was, you know, being too detailed. Do you have any recommendation as far as like whether you do pen or paper or you're on a stylus or a keyboard, like what is the essential pieces to, to be a good note taker? So I think what it takes to be a really good note taker, uh, you have to, to understand that taking notes is a skill. Right. You practice taking notes and get better at taking notes. And I think the two uh, strategies around note-taking that I see um, to great success are students who either really understand outlining, they understand how to outline um, really, really well, or mind mapping, 
right? Students who know mm-hmm. how to mind map, mm-hmm. who can really, they're, they're much more sort of kinetic learners and, and uh, you know, each little circle represents something uh, to them and, and they retain shapes much better than words. And so, you know, I, I would recommend that you get good, find the resources that you need to find. And there are resources out there that will help you uh, become a better outliner and become a better mind mapper, you know, pretty much pick a path. Uh, that way you're not writing down everything. You're writing down the most important points and you're writing down uh, links to further information. Right? If you're taking notes in a lecture, for example, and, and you know, we're, we're in an era right now where there, there's much talk about kind of flipping the classroom, right? Where the work of the lecture is done beforehand. So this is one of the things that students just going into college these days might, uh, might be discovering that um, you don't show up at a lecture, as often as you might have when you and I were in school. You mm-hmm. show up, and you show up to work. The, the instructor's expectation is you've already ingested all the material that he otherwise uh, would have presented to you in front of class, and you show up to demonstrate what you How have learned works. and by working on a project, that kind yeah. of a thing. So, so uh, you know, in, in this case, learning how to outline and mind map um, comes outside the classroom where you may have less time pressure. You may, you may be able to go back and, and, and um, uh, go back and listen to segments of recorded uh, material interviews, that sort of a thing, and, and, and really make sure that what you are writing down is in the context of what you are going to be expected to do in class. So, Got it. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, but I would, I, I really think if you can walk away with this saying, hey, outlining and mind mapping is a skill that I need to improve at, mm-hmm. uh, then you will be better off uh, and not just, hey, I'm, I'm taking notes in school. Right. Mm-hmm. Got uh, it. So, so that's you. the first one. The second one is data retrieval. So once you've got all this data that you're collecting in some format, whether you've typed it in, you've written it on your on your tablet, and you or you've taken handwritten notes on pen and paper, how do you get that stuff out? Because you're going to go into this flipped classroom, and you're going to be sitting down in front of a project team, and they're going to say, "Okay, what did we learn about such and such? Uh, you know, what did we learn about Porter's five forces, and how do they apply to this case that we're working on right now?" And you need to be able to go into your system and find the notes that. You you took on Porter's five forces model and you need to do it right now, right? Mm -hmm. How fast can you find the information that you collected? So you need something that is search enabled. uh, And sometimes uh, handwriting on a stylus or or on a pen and paper make that more challenging. So Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. be ready for that. And I know it's not very sexy, but I think anytime (laughs) you add up all of those uh, those, uh, competing forces and you say, what hardware do I need to take to class? It's tough to make a case that that a tablet or or your cell phone alone are going to be kind of the way to do it. If you're going to go digital, you need a laptop more and more, more, you know, still you need a laptop. We're just not quite there yet. If you want to take notes quickly and you know, get them out quickly. Uh, I do have a caveat to that on, you know, related to handwriting. And it's, it's a, you know, a tool we've talked about often is Evernote. One of the things I love about um, Evernote is that uh, they have this, these uh, Evernote enabled notebooks. Have you seen these, these Moleskine notebooks? You know, I, I think I've seen them advertised. Like when I get the emails from Evernote, um, sometimes they'll, they'll pop up. Yeah. Well, they're really wonderful. I just had to step across the room and, and grab mine. I, they're really wonderful for a number of reasons. First of all, the pages on them, the lines on the pages are little dots. And so when you take a bunch of notes on a given page, you handwrite your notes, then you open the notebook. It lays flat because it's beautifully well bound. Uh, and you take a picture of it with your document camera on your phone. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Evernote reads those dots and it knows how to perfectly align uh, the pages so that you can, um, so that it'll show up in Evernote cleanly and it'll do its best to um, to index your handwriting. Right. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's, that ends up being super, super, super important uh, that you can actually do a handwritten project and, and take a picture of it and it becomes an indexed uh, digital tool for you. It, you do have to, again, the skill here is your, your handwriting has to be pretty clear. Uh, you know, you need to work on, on writing cleanly. Uh, but in my experience, it, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be so clean that, you know, you don't have to be able to write in like print. It, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. But mm-hmm. the other thing I love so much about, uh, these Evernote notebooks, and I don't mean this to be just an advertisement for these notebooks, but they come with these stickers and the, they're little tiny square stickers of different colors and, and they have little icons on them. And in Evernote, you can assign what icons mean. And so you put this little sticker on each page uh, of your notes. Say you you have a building, and that's notes for your business classes or your marketing classes. And you can put these little stickers on this page. And as soon as you take a picture of that page of notes, that sticker will will be triggered at Evernote, and it will automatically file and tag your notes for each individual class based on the sticker that you put on it. So it, it reads those stickers as kind of an index and it does the filing for you cool. uh, to save you a little bit of time. So it is a really handy tool. It's just one way. You can certainly do, uh, you know, handwritten notes, take pictures of them or scan them. Uh, but it's a great way to make sure that once you take all your notes, you have gone paperless uh, mm-hmm. pretty quickly and efficiently. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, so, I, you know, again, I, I end up lobbying more often for uh, laptops for students. Uh, I think they're just faster and they allow mm-hmm. you to ingest faster. The other thing they allow you to do is collaboration, and that ends up being a, a really important point. Uh, some of this is, you know, there's an increasing expectation that you're going to know the tools going into class. You're going to understand how to do video conferences. You're going to understand how to, pre- how to create, um, you know, video pre- videos of your presentations. Uh, you're going to na- know how to do rudimentary uh, audio and video editing uh, and, and to integrate these tools into a robust uh, presentation, a keynote presentation or a PowerPoint presentation to really uh, sell what you are doing. And there aren't a lot of classes that will actually teach you how to do that. So the the burden is on you to to learn learn before Mm -hmm. you get into class, to really show that you know how not only to learn what your instructor is teaching you, but to learn how to communicate that cleanly, clearly, and effectively uh, in a dynamic multimedia presentation. That is just the changing nature of the world we live in, that this Mm -hmm. the technology is so well integrated. Uh, And so uh, you know, taking the time to seek out those references uh, is really important. I recommend lynda.com. It is a, it's a modest fee, but if you pay, you know, it's, I don't know, say it's like 15 bucks a month. Uh, I think I'll, I'll put a link in there uh, in the show notes. But lynda.com uh, is a, an incredible library of uh, video uh, tutorials on anything you want to learn on the computer, really. I mean, if it's Photoshop or Lightroom or iMovie or Final Cut or whatever, um, you can, you know, sign up for and get an unlimited access to the lynda.com catalog and for just a couple of months, even learn the tools that you need to learn the software apps that you have access to so that when you hit class, you are able to communicate what you've learned very, very effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> finally, Google Apps for Education is another one that that we're seeing more and more schools adopting Google Apps. Uh, Google Apps uh, allows you to use Google Docs or Google Drive now. 
mm-hmm. which is it's you know the the essentially it's you know document spreadsheet and and um, uh, presentation software. Uh, Gmail for for uh, you know Gmail users, um, it it becomes a, a university email address that's actually built on top of Gmail, uh, and and all the other Google tools you can sign in using your education email address and and um, so I would uh, figure out if your university is a Google university and make sure you learn the ins and outs of those tools. I told you last week when I'm teaching at my universe, which is a Google university, all the, the syllabi are uh, Google Docs uh, documents, and so they're shared uh, with students for each class. Uh, I use Google Hangouts uh, zealously for my students. They do a lot of their presenting uh, online and are recorded and are presented on YouTube. Uh, so others, other instructors, other other students uh, can see their presentations in the future. Learn how these tools work. Invest in the time to learn how these tools work before you hit class so you're not surprised as mm-hmm. soon as you're asked to do those things. And finally, we haven't talked really any about online learning. And I imagine that if you're going back to school today, uh, most of you will be, if not taking classes exclusively online, uh, will be uh, doing some sort of hybrid classwork, doing some portion of your learning online and, and in in classroom uh, in conjunction with one another. And so uh, figuring out what platform your uh, your university is using, whether it's uh, Blackboard or Moodle, uh, these are, are large, uh, you know, infrastructure uh, software applications that run online learning environments. You can actually get up to speed on how the online environment looks before you hit class two, as long as you just make a quick call to the registrar or to your, your instructor if you already know where you're going and say, you know, what is the tool that we're using? Uh, I'd like to get up to speed and know how to use that tool before, uh, before I hit class and learn how to, to you know, include documents and, and embed videos and learn, learn the language of the online learning tool that you're using. Uh, so again, you're not surprised when you hit it. What, uh, what did I miss? Wow. <laughs> I don't think you missed anything. Good stuff. Good. Yeah. Good. A little overwhelming for the non-tech person, but, um, it's, it, it is frustratingly overwhelming to the non-tech person. And I absolutely understand that, but here we are, you know, we're, it's, it's late August, you're heading back to school yeah. and you're going to be surprised if you're not taking at least, uh, uh a little bit of time to figure, uh, this, to out. figure yeah. this stuff out. It's just the right. reality of it. And, and let me tell you, I mean, I have students who show up in my class and do their final presentations in Final Cut Pro, which is the, the, the professional grade uh, video editing uh, application that is used to make Hollywood films, right? Wow. It is, that is a $200 application in the Mac App Store. And I have students who buy it, learn it, and deliver business presentations uh, using it. It is, that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, that sets, that ends up defining the bar, uh, of success in the classroom. And I don't want to put undue pressure on people, but that's kind of the reality of where we are. There's a lot of, of, uh, weight put on the students to learn outside of class so that when you're in class, you're learning, you know, what the instructor is best equipped to teach. Awesome. Well, it probably makes the class a lot more interesting, too. Oh, it sure assume. does. And a lot more fun for everybody, you yeah. know, the instructor included. It's so much more fun when you're all, you all get to speak the same language. Mm-hmm. So, so 
That's Good it. That's stuff, all I've got. Pete. Professor Pete. Professor Pete. Wright. Signing off. That's uh, awesome. Thank uh, you. Please let us know how your uh, online or your uh, university experience, your college experience is going, your education experience is going. Uh, check in with us. Take control. Uh, take control ADHD on Facebook and on Twitter and on Pinterest. And uh, find out more about the show on our website, takecontrolorganizing.com. And um, you can subscribe to the show for free in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. I think that's it. Do we have any other news for the people? I think that's it. That's it. That's it. We're signing off for our Back to School uh, series. We hope you have uh, gotten a lot out of it. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Uh